Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 65. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at vjourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at networknerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I'm doing great. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Awesome, Nick. Hey, uh, we're back with part two of our discussion with Mike Burkhardt and his uh, navigation of employment upheaval. Um, Before we get to that, though, I I do have to ask, what is the story with the cover art that we're putting out this week? Oh, are you talking about that really fantastic drawing of Mike Burkhardt that somebody made? Uh, Yeah, yes, that is what I meant. So fun story about that. Mike and I were actually in the same corporate orientation class for VMware back in 2018. I hadn't met him in person, but I knew who he was. So I went over and introduced myself to him, told him that uh, Nigel Hickey told me that I should meet him. He was like, well, any friend of Nigel's is a friend of mine. And so I struck up a conversation with him and we ended up being partners in this exercise. I don't remember what the purpose of the exercise was, but we did have to draw a bust of our partner. And so that's what I drew. Um, that was my portrait of Mike Burkhart. And I, <laughs> I stand behind it. And it survived uh, until 2020. Nice. Yeah. I was saving it for this very episode. <laughs> well, speaking of the episode, I think we heard last week about the upheaval that Mike faced in his position. And how he had you know, a specific amount of time to find either an internal or an external new position. Um, and then he talked about how he'd handled those kinds of searches in the past and how he ran his search this time around, You know, his emphasis on uh, social uh, media and uh, uh, networking as well. Um, so uh, I think we're gonna pick up with the interview process. I think that's the part of the story that we're getting to here. So let's get to the interview with Mike Burkhart. But I was going to ask, you know, when you had the conversation with someone about your current position, did you have that conversation before they had Mike Burkhart's resume in hand, kind of like a first interview inside track because of the personal connections? Um, good question. How did that go down? Um, I, I want to say, um, I really, honestly, I'm trying, it was like, you know, gosh, months ago now. So I'm trying to think of how that process worked. I think I did have a conversation where I reached out because I, I knew him too. And, so reached out on, on LinkedIn and kind of said, Hey, you know, uh, buddy's telling me to, to hit you up and, you know, talk about this. What about this? And, um, so, yeah, so I think I had an in, initial conversation, um, that was 
you know, hey, here's what this looks like, da da da. If you're interested, great. If you're not, great. You know, no harm, no foul either way. Um, but I, so I do want to speak to that. I know I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like a, a dog chasing a rabbit around here. So I, I apologize, but I do want to speak to that, um, that connection. So, uh, with respect to looking for a position this time around, and this is one of the first times I've done this is I looked really hard at culture. Um, now culture fit is, you know, we talk about it a lot, but I'm not sure a lot of people really look for that in their jobs. For me, especially, I'd asked about it before. If you ask somebody, hey, how's how's the demeanor? Is everybody happy? Happy? Is things good? Da da da. You know, you're gonna get a yes, right? The response is, oh yeah, things are great. Oh, people love their jobs and they get candy every day. It's right up on the wall. You know, like duh. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're absolutely, when you're interviewing for, for positions, you're going to get the rose colored glasses. Uh, what you're not going to get is, you know, oh, okay, well, so-and-so wanted to take off for, you know, paternity leave, um, which I'm looking at, right? I'm, I'm, I'm having a child in June or sometime around there and well, I'm, I'm going to want some of that. So, you know, if you hear from somebody at that company, they're like, no, I got like, you know, a day, Right. Um, that, that may be a pretty big negative, right? Or, Hey, how do, how do job interviews go or not job interviews, but uh, performance interviews, how do performance interviews go for you? Um, and how do they operate? Are they peer reviews? Are they, you know, do you have mentorships? What type of lateral transitions and what are your upward mobilities look like within job ranks, blah, blah, blah. Ask questions that are meaningful to you that are indicators of culture. Because if people say, well, you're going to get hired for this job and you're going to stay here for 10 years. Cool. Do you want that? And, and what does that indicate to you? Does that mean that your job is immediately stagnant or do you have mobility, right? Uh, how easy is it to take vacation? What's the process? What's the process of, of taking vacation is a great question because if they say, you just send me an email. Cool. But does that fly? Is that defensible, right? Like, does, does the manager remember that you sent an email? Do they, do they not check their inbox? <laughs> you know? Um, so I was really looking for a strong culture fit with respect to a team that was highly supportive and very future thinking, like future forward in, in a way that was palpable. And I, I realized that in architecture, so another interesting statistic. So out of the fortune 500, maybe about 40%, maybe a little bit less actually practice enterprise architecture as a discipline. So what that means is that if you were an architect and you were going into a business as a vendor, as a partner, and you're going into a customer, they, you have a less than a 50, 50 shot at them understanding what you even do. So your first line of defense is going to be, this is what architecture does. This is what it's going to do for your company. And this is why it's valuable. Now, what I have seen that translate into in my personal career, other people may have different experiences, but as an architect for 10 years, I have seen a lot of things escalate to politics and nepotism. And what I mean by that is people like people they've worked with before and people like the stuff that they don't have to work so hard at. So 
when you're talking about changing a business as an architect and you're like, oh, we'll introduce a whole new line of business. It'd be great. New products, new services. Oh, amazing. As an architect from the outside, there's a lot of opportunity to help somebody out and it's going to make everybody happy. But from the inside, someone's going to say, well, you know, my cousin works for vendor B, so we're going to go with them. And I don't care about business requirements because he works for vendor B, so we're going with them. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, enter the the gunfight between some VP and some director and all sorts. So it's it's a lot of back and forth, right? Uh, so another reason that I transitioned out of architecture was the the political battles. You know, the and there are people that really like they just do very well in that space. At this time in my life, I do not navigate politics well. I just don't. You know, I I'm a very good people person until it gets into. I know that that guy's going with vendor B because his cousin works there. And then I'm like, that doesn't meet your requirements. And they're like, well, we don't care. Get out, you know? <laughs> and then that looks bad on me because my company obviously wasn't chosen. And <laughs> so you need better cousins, right? I, I need cousins, <laughs> but, but so anyway, so, you know, you look, look for things that, like I said before, like look for how you want your life to look like. Do you want to be working 60, 80 hours a week or do you want to work 40? You know, do you want your life to look like you're traveling on the road a lot and you're making overnight stays and flying across the country? Cool. Do you want to like your life to look like you're speaking at conferences regularly? Or do you want to just sit at home and code? You know, do you want to build data architectures? Do you want to try to break stuff in a security team? Do you, you know, what, what does your life look like? what are you doing that is you at your happiest, you know, and then translate that into what current skills you have and what type of, you know, what kind of work you can do. Cause like you said before, many different skills can translate into lots of different job roles. It just depends on what you want to do, you know, and, and how you want your, your life to work for you. Sometimes it's those simple questions that people ask you, that you can't always answer immediately. Like, what do you enjoy most about your job? To answer that on the spot is actually a pretty complicated thing I've found. Yeah. And it's, it's more, you know, the problem is the answer to that question is more about where you are and it's not about where you're going. What do you like most about your job? I, I have it. It pays me money. Uh, I, I have coworkers that I like. Uh, I've got a desk. Uh, I've got a corner office with a window. That's nice. You know, like, like I like my customers. I like the, the routines that I go through. All these answers end up being like, well, you might as well keep your job. Don't ask these questions when <laughs> you want to change jobs. <laughs> so that's, it's true that that question is, a, it's a hard one to answer on the spot. And it's a weird one to ask about, you know, is your future job the one you're in? Right. Anyway. Yeah, I think I've I've mentioned this before, but I actually had a recruiter ask me, um, you know, I see you're not uh, interested in changing. That's you know a status that you have set in LinkedIn. But but if you if you did have to change, like what would be the things that you would need from a from a new company? And I was like, oh, that you know, my immediate reaction is like that's a great sales technique. 
<laughs> you know, maybe I need to use that more often. Um, I understand that you're going with my competitor, but you know, if you had to think of three things that would keep you from doing that, what would they be? You know, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's tough to hear a question without, uh, you know, thinking about the answers. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's a question of like, how good is the person at controlling, you know, saying the answers. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, you know, that it's those tough questions that, and then, you know, it's also the discipline of actually doing the work to try to answer them and answer them in a way that, you know, actually can help you in your, your, your current journey, right? Whatever that is, um, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And that's true. You know, to, to add to that, a lot of my journey this time around was finding the right questions to ask. And I, I've even had a couple of people reach out to me and, uh, and there's, there's a guy I'm actively talking with, um, that, you know, was like, well, would I be a good fit for this role? What do you think about that? What do you, you know, I'm kind of going through the same thing that you're going through. And I was like, okay. You know, and, and one of the questions was, what do you like best about your job? You know, and I was like, yeah, you can ask a lot of questions about yourself now, but what about yourself tomorrow? Right. What about yourself in three years? You know, are, are you going to be happy making the choices that you made and why, you know, um, I, <laughs> great memory. I once had a director, uh, or was it, it might've been director or VP. Uh, I was at a manufacturing company in Cincinnati and, uh, director looked at me when I was leaving, right. I had worked at this company and I'd implemented a, a, international ERP system and we'd migrated off of the old system and it took $30 million and all these and blah, 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 like all these numbers and statistics. It was just crazy. And I told him I'm gone, right? I'd work myself to the bone. And he says, you know, Mike, I'll tell you one thing that has always served me well. And it's go to the highest bidder. And I like, I couldn't have laughed harder because everything I've ever known in my life is that you will be paid for your job and how, how much you're paid is whatever you're willing to accept and negotiate for, right? Like you're allowed to say, no, I want more money. And then the employers are allowed to say, no, you can't have it. And that's fine. But going to the highest bidder is one of the most dangerous slippery slopes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I talked to him many years later and what he had told me was I was going to double your salary. <laughs> and what I told him was I still would have left. <laughs> it's just like, just cracking me up, you know, to remember this and, and to kind of think of like, what, what do you value out of, out of work? You know, do you value your time off? Well, of course we all do. Um, but, but what do you value when you're working? You know, is it, oh, I'm earning the most money doing the worst work in my life. Well, congrats. <laughs> so, I will destroy your soul. What, what, uh, what are you willing to uh, take for that? I will take one American dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, two. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, we're, we, we think that a job is about exchanging time and, time for money. Right. But it isn't always about that. You know, sometimes there's, there's things that are more important for, than that. And, and, you know, so foundationally getting back to what you started out with, like asking for that culture fit, 
Like that's so important. And it's also really important to figure out how you're going to find that out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because uh, most places are good when times are good, you know, culture, you know, hearing about culture, sometimes that's about when you're in conflict. Right. So, uh, you know, talking about uh, getting time off, what is, what is the culture of like, you know, what happens when you want time off and they don't want to give it to you? Um, you know, or it's not at the most convenient time. What, what takes precedence, right? Um, how about when you're having a conflict with a manager uh, or a conflict with a coworker? Like what, what is the culture for working those things out? Um, and, and those are difficult questions to ask and to get answered, right? So um, yeah, it's a, maybe, maybe that's a, an entirely, uh, an entire series of discussions that we need to start having. I'm to I'm totally game for that because one of my questions was how how do you celebrate as a workforce? You know, how how do you as a either as a team or organization or a company, how do you come together and celebrate your successes? Or just the fact that you work together, right? Do you have holiday parties? Do you celebrate the birth of children? Do you, you know, do you do you do you be joyful together and do you mourn together, right? Like it's very important that because like you said before, like we're trading our lives. This is our life. It's not time. Time is the existence of you that you only have a finite quantity of on this planet. And you have no idea how long that is. That's terribly unfortunate. So, so really like, are, are you willing to trade your life in minutes or hours or years at a time, however much time it is, are you willing to trade that for whatever gain that you're getting and whatever you're willing to build with another company. And, and that's where that passion comes in. You know, there are a lot of people that, that got into it cause it makes good money and good for you. And that's a hard path to drive because we do hard work. And a lot of the stuff that we do is uncelebrated by businesses going back to the, you know, being an architect and you walk into a business and they don't know what you do. And you say, I'm, I'm here to translate your business requirements and objectives and take your vision and, and make it reality. And they say, great. It sounds like you're in sales. And you say, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And the room stays quiet for a while, (laughs) you know, but like you, you really have to realize like in, in it, especially, I mean, every field has this to a certain effect, but in it, especially our value is not very easily quantified by business people. And if it is, they usually quantify it in hours and dollars. They don't quantify it in the amount of joy that it brings to your life. They don't quantify it in the amount of time that you get to spend with your family. They don't quantify it by the fact that you didn't get to spend the three weeks off for paternity leave and you got called six times in the first week of your son's birth. And I'm totally not bitter about that, but hypothetically speaking. uh, (laughs) Of course, we're all friends here, Mike. Right? This is a safe zone, right? We're in the circle of trust. <laughs> it's a safe space. Oh, it's okay. Um, but but seriously, right? Like it, you you personally should care very much about how you spend your time, and that is elicited in your job. You're going to sleep a third of your life. You're going to work a third of your life, and then the other third is yours. So you have control over another one of those thirds. Make it happen, right? So. 
if there's anything that I can part about that, it's a very serious decision. And yeah, you have to make money and yeah, you have to go through the grind sometimes, but that culture fit that like, can I celebrate with these people? Can we like, you know, if I have a question, is it going to be easy to answer? Does everybody dogpile? Do we have this positive agile sort of culture that, that pushes each other forward and upward um, and not off a cliff, <laughs> you know? So we've all seen it both ways, right? So, so make sure that you're, you're, you're going somewhere that you're comfortable with and that's going to support your goals. This seems like the social equivalent of a systems thinking mindset to me. You know, imagine the person who they only learned networking or they only learned infrastructure. That's what they do day to day to day. It's, they start to learn new things. It's hard for them to get outside the bubble when you're, when your daily grind is full and you don't have a lot of spare time, it's hard to step outside what you're doing and think about what it could be like. You know, that's why people don't update their resume. That's why they don't think of all these questions that you just mentioned that I even thought, oh, wow, I never thought to ask that about how they, you know, how a company celebrates its success. That's fantastic stuff. Again, part of that exposure to, to thinking outside yourself and and taking time for it. That's another challenge. Yeah, it's totally true, Nick. I mean, it, you know, especially if you're, um, you know, looking for a new job or you've lost your job, you know, it's like, oh, I have this like, you know, job shaped hole in my life. I'm looking to replace it, you know, um, plus a little bit more, right? That That's what we're, you know, instead of like, no, like, you know, I know what's, you know, you know, maybe I've lost something, but maybe, you know, some of the things that I lost, like I didn't really lose, like, you know, I, I, I'm not really missing that part of it. And maybe the hole that's left in my life is anyway, Nick, that, yeah, what you're saying, like great stuff. And Mike, like <laughs> what you're saying about like the, you know, looking for the cultural fit, I think is, uh, you know, critical and key and and anything that we can do to have like a continuing conversation maybe to help people like you know figure out how it is that they're gonna like you know get this information about uh companies that they're investigating and thinking about working um you know we should we should make that an ongoing conversation and uh maybe like the thing that we should talk a little bit more about is how we can get people to examine that before they are in crisis mode, right? So they are comfortable in their jobs, um, maybe a little bit uncomfortable, um, but you know what's going to make them even more uncomfortable is thinking about whether or not, like you know, the position they're in is actually stable, and whether or not they're actually comfortable, right? So um, you know, looking for that cultural fit, looking for what it is that they're actually interested in doing and what they want their future to look like. How do we get started in that conversation? You know, when we are, I don't know, semi-comfortable, you know, maybe there's kind of a looming feeling of dread or, you know, am I in a dead end position? Am I growing <laughs> enough? Uh, anyway, this is a really long question, but I, I think that's kind of, you know, where we should, um, you know, look at, I mean, I don't know. Do you, is, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I, I, and I think it's, it's a great avenue to explore uh, really to, to kind of start with. So I, I want to level set with the idea that uh, comfortable isn't complacent, right? Um, 
being comfortable and being nurtured in a position is always a positive outcome. Uh, unless, unless that's not what you want, right? If you do not want to grow in that direction, that can be a negative, right? Where your boss is like, oh, support you with training classes and give you extra time to work on these things that you're great at and da-da-da. And meanwhile, you're like, I hate this, <laughs> you know? I, I think, you know, it, give it enough time, you know, and at any point in your career, you'll experience that. And you're like, yes, I'm great at things that I do not like. <laughs> so awesome. Um, you know, there's, there's an ERP system, going back to the previous conversation, there's an ERP system I'm really good at that I'm not listing on my resume. <laughs> So, um, so a bit to that point, you know, so understanding what your goals are is a tough thing, um, you know, because it, it requires self-reflection and psychologically speaking, we don't normally think of ourselves as a person in our own lives, right? We, we think from the standpoint of narrator, but we don't think from the standpoint of first person. Um, so, which is great until you are faced with these pseudo existential, you know, moments in your life where you're like, what is it all for? What am I working towards? Well, what's the value of my time and what, where should I place this? You know, who is the benefactor of my, the fruits of my labor, you know, whatever. Um, so the, the advice I can give on those points, having had a lot of time to think about them is, you know, number one, if you're thinking about a job change, if you're thinking about changing roles, um, not even just, you know, I, I did a bit of a pivot, but if you're thinking about going somewhere else as a job, examine the idea, if you can, that, you know, is it the employer that I don't like working for? Is it the job I don't like doing? Um, because, you know, your, your culture can be a thing your daily work can be unfulfilling. Um, maybe you're burnt out, right? There's plenty. And I, I will be the first one to mention this. This transition is the first time I've felt real joy out of my job in almost 10 years. I kid you not. I have been working for the past 20 and I have been probably very unhappy and stressed out because I've just been, oh, I'm pursuing things. I'm moving forward. I'm doing my passion. And really what it turns out is I'm, I'm running myself ragged. You know, I, I haven't stopped to think of what the toll is on all of my efforts. So, um, so you really have to think about what makes me think I don't want to do this job anymore. Cause that's a negative, right? If you start from the position of negative, you should probably try to fix what's not good. And if leaving is your solution to that, that really just gets rid of the problem. That pattern can repeat itself in future positions. You can maintain your unhappiness or dissatisfaction while still working for many employers. Um, so I, I've done it. I didn't do it on purpose. I, you know, I didn't leave jobs because I was unhappy. I left jobs for many different reasons. Um, but eventually the, the point of, comes out where, yeah, okay, I was still unhappy and, and moving jobs didn't fix that either. Um, so it's so trying to, a, it's a pattern that, that appears in, in a bunch of different places. Like I'm sure we've all known people who have had a series of bad relationships that were bad in very similar ways. Serial right? daters. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wait, how did you end up in a relationship again with someone who's like, you're unhappy with the relationship in the exact same way that you're unhappy in the last relationship? Why didn't, why didn't you fix that? 
you know i mean obviously it's it's so easy to crit criticize somebody from the outside but it, you know like the exact same thing can happen in job and career right you didn't like this about you know a position and you're in a new position and you don't like the exact same thing you know or something very closely related and unless you're doing the work as you said to to really analyze what it is that that you want right not just the things that you don't like but the things that you actively positively want in your life to, that you want added in you know not just subtracted but added then you know it's it's so easy to repeat those patterns i'm so sorry to interrupt you it's just you know a point i thought was worth underlining no that's terribly poignant and and it brings up a thought you know um my, my mother is a, a very close friend of mine an advocate and um you know, it, it, one of those things that I was told years ago was you accept the love you believe you deserve. That is a very powerful statement. Now, we talked about love earlier and, you know, translate that however you will. Um, we can flip that into a different conversation light and say we accept the successes we believe we merit. So we understand we can accomplish certain things. We celebrate, we are joyful in our lives, and we heartfelt accept the positivity that we generate in our lives. That is a positive line of thinking. That is your goal in your everyday life, not just work. And when you are looking at transitioning, it's my strong belief that you want to find something you're moving towards and not away from. And to accept, to, to accept the fact that you're unhappy is hard. To really do the soul searching and say, okay, great. This is rock bottom, right? This is not good. Because you, no one wants to think that. We don't want to think that things are bad. We naturally want to think that things are good. And people will drink themselves and other things themselves into thinking that things are good. But that's not, you know, these are not the routes to happiness, right? So when you assess your situation you need to positively outline the things you want to move towards accept the love you believe you deserve and if you don't believe that you need to address that which is not whole within yourself if your job does not fulfill you congratulations it's just a job find the work that does and be tenacious about it saying no is better for you than saying yes to anything. Find the yes that you want and the rest will come. That's, Heck that's yeah. my belief anyway. Heck yeah. I, I don't know. Nick, uh, two mic drop moments in a single uh, podcast. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. It's know. hard to, it's tough to follow that Mike, but know. that's, that's Did good. I, tell you I like public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I heard that earlier. I'm, I'm also a very passionate person. <laughs> it's good though, but the idea of fixing yourself, really getting to the root of the problem, because we don't always want to accept that the problem is actually us and not other people or a situation. So yeah, that's a hard one to swallow. Just like you said, you have to put your pride aside, which is really tough. And be a Very little, difficult. be a little humble. Yeah. And, so, and also maybe advice. the idea that, 
you know, you don't need to wait for yourself to be fixed. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. like just incremental improvement, right? Just improve, improve, improve. Am I on a track for improvement? Okay, great. You know, once I I'm confident about my trajectory of improvement, you know, maybe that's the time, you know, I don't need to, you know, the, the journey is the important, not the important thing, not the destination. Right. So one, one thing I'll add to that too, that I have not probably, I, I think I have had in some point in my career, but I have not had recently, um, pursue a relationship with a mentor. And by that, I mean, find someone who you believe you can trust or that you can have a working relationship with as, as the very least. And understand that, you know, what you're looking for out of a mentor is going to be someone who's going to help you grow, you know, professionally, personally, they're going to help you reflect and they're going to, you know, hold up a mirror to you and hold you accountable for your goals and your desires. And it's really amazing, uh, you know, to me, because I, I did that during my period of self-reflection is, you know, what do you want? What, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? What is the outcome of all of this? Right. And where does that lead you? And, you know, being able to do that with someone who is not yourself is probably a lot easier <laughs> because uh, I, I think it was Freud or Nietzsche who said, you know, only bipolar people can self-reflect accurately. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Well, that's either very severe or very true. I'm not sure which, but um, so, but getting back to the point, um, you know, if, if you are looking for uh, some progress in your life, if you're looking for kind of the, the push, um, finding someone who has been there and who has walked the path and who can help you on that journey is hugely powerful. It is immensely useful as, and, and again, understand that you're going to have to provide value back to them, whether it's progress on your goals or it's, you know, providing new information to them, or it, it's showing off that they're a good mentor and that you're a great mentee. Um, you know, Hey, I took this person on as, as a mentee and they've accomplished these goals and we've removed these roadblocks and we've really, you know, in the past six months, year, 18 months, really hit the bricks running. Whereas before they felt stagnant, unsuccessful, unfulfilled. That's what a mentor wants. They, they want to be able to say, I have provided value and input in your life that is immensely measurable and immeasurable. And if you find a mentor like that, keep them <laughs> and, and tell me who they are. And if they have cousins or whatever, um, no, in, in all reality, like, you know, again, find someone who can help you along that journey and find people that you respect that can help you reflect. Yeah. And what better place to look for a mentor than the John White School of Mentoring? I feel like you teed that one up for us, Mike. Send that tweet out to Adner Journey today for pricing and packaging. <laughs> I'll only take 10%. Just a little finder's fee. There you go. Oh, <laughs> we, can, we can work that out offline. I know. It's, it's a great point, right? But just... The idea that we need external coaching is, you know, critical and key. And I'll I'll shout out, you know, uh, a book here that I've read, which is uh, the Talent Code. And uh, you know, one of the the things that they, you know, that the author, you know, points to in that book 
is you know the need for coaching like excellence if you if you want to achieve excellence you you know that requires coaching it requires like really deliberate practice it requires that you have some kind of you know fire and ignition that that's going to sustain you through the time that it takes to 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 do all the practice that you need to become you know truly excellent but it also requires you know feedback from an external third party um aka coaching or mentorship so excellent excellent point man guys like we're we're i i can't believe that we've had this great conversation we started two hours after we were supposed to start um due to a, a series of uh, unfortunate circumstances which we've alluded to and hinted at throughout the episode but i feel like we got to a really terrific place and had an amazing conversation here yeah it's been great Hey, Mike, if people want to follow up with you and, and ask additional questions on what we've discussed here or just have you be their mentor, assuming we get a cut of that, where can, where can they reach you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I am interested in, in helping people along, whether it be just conversationally or if, if someone would like to be a mentor, a mentee of mine, um, by all means. Uh, you can reach me at vmikeb on Twitter. Um, I also find me on LinkedIn. I'm you know, Mike Burkhart. Um, however that URL goes is you know, linkedin.com slash something slash Mike Burkhart. Um, we'll have links in the show notes. Okay, great. Um, but whenever we find out what that one is, <laughs> put that there too. Um, also, so again, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty active on Twitter. So that'd be probably the best place to find me. And then, you know, we can exchange email and whatnot and go from there. But um, again, if, if I can impart anything on anyone, it's, you know, like I said, build your network. Don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, don't be afraid to take a small chance that might change your life immensely. Um, you know, I, I recently read uh, someone who is a, a CISO, a CISO, um, information security officer, chief, uh, on Twitter, that was, you know, I, I attended a master class that was small in Seattle and I didn't want to attend it in the first place, but I did. And out of that came a series of events that I didn't want to do, but I did those two. And then eventually I found myself the chief information security officer of a very large multinational corporation and a very successful woman at that. So if it's anything that I can impart to you, it's do the hard thing, do what you might not want to do. And you would be surprised at the results that you can gain from just some simple, small actions of reaching out. Come on, Mike, three mic drop moments. I'll, don't of, make me go for four. Okay. I'll do it. One of those, one of those was borrowed. So recycle. Okay. Boom. <laughs> four. And Mike Burkhart for the hat trick. And that's how we do it here on nerd journey. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I really hope we edit those ones out, but if we don't, I understand. <laughs> well, I'll talk to the editor. We'll see what he can do. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you on again when we can all think of something else to talk about. Thanks very much, Mike. The pleasure has been all mine. Thank you so much, John and Nick for having me. It's, it's been a great time and a great journey discussing this with you. And I, I look forward to other future episodes with you guys. Thanks again. Sounds great. Excellent. Thank you. Take it easy. You too. 
There certainly were a lot of mic drop moments in that last bit, John. I, I'm floored by how many we had. But I, I really liked what he said about finding out if the reasons you want to leave an employer are because of the job or the employer. If I leave to go do the same job somewhere else, it may actually be that deep down I don't like doing that job in some way. So we need to take time to do that self-analysis. And am I really on track to improve myself consistently as I go throughout my career? Yeah, I really like that. Very insightful. Um, and, you know, maybe the additional thing that he said about, you know, are you moving towards something or are you moving away from something, reacting against something? And I think it's just really too easy in our lives to react against something. Oh, I didn't like this. So I'm going to define everything I do as a reaction against that instead of, you know, instead defining what it is that we're doing as, you know, moving towards positivity. Right. So that's always better, I think. Um, and more satisfying, hopefully. Um, anything else before we get out of here? I really liked some of the questions Mike brought up that he asked about to find out company culture fit. And there were a lot of questions he brought up that I just thought about for a second. Well, I never thought to ask that. And I think it's, it's just another example of how we can get our minds thinking in that way as we go throughout the interview process. Yeah. How do, how do, how does the company celebrate successes was one, you know, very, very interesting and also revealing about company culture. Yes, sir. Just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. All right. Farewell, listeners, and tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at VJourneyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore. Signing off. Adios. If anybody out there wants a portrait like Mike Burkhart got, It's going to take some time, but I might be able to do it for you if the price is right. All right. The Nick Cordy uh, Portraiture Gallery, open for business. Adios, everybody. It's going to do it live. Stay normal. My safe word is narwhal. (laughs) Damn stinger. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Breathe heavy. Everybody's going to be okay.